It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. We are back with a draft day edition of On the Clock. The day is finally here. It is Christmas in April. Round one starts tonight at 8 p.m. I'm joined by Christopher Wecht. I'm your host, Brett Whitefield. What's going on, Chris? I'm just ready. I woke up early. Excited to watch. I watched draft day last night. Let's Damn, go. You got to do the yearly tradition. It's time. Yes, it is time. Um, any takeaways from draft day? <laughs> that it's a very unrealistic movie about a Whoa. very real NFL event steve kime says it's the most accurate depiction of the draft he's ever seen. yes but we yes, must we, then ask the question is there a reason steve kime is currently without a job steve kime's <laughs> trying to make trades where he trades up to number one overall and then trades makes a pick and then trades up for another pick and sends all of his first and second round picks for three years and then recoups yeah. them all somehow but he hasn't really done that but i'm trying to think is he the sucker though that gets got like the kid in jacksonville I don't know. No, I don't, no, see, I don't know he, that he ever he, really trades during the draft. Not in the first round. Not during the draft. He was seen as a pretty, I mean, like the Hopkins trade was seen as a, the, they, they were big winners in that. Yeah. Move, yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, so with that said, we are going to review my final mock draft of the season. The, my only predictive mock draft. I do, I do three, what I would do mocks. And then here is the, the predictive mock. This is uh, this took me over eight hours to do multiple editions. I don't necessarily love where I landed. I think version 5.0 is better than this one. This was version 7.0. <laughs> so um, it is what it is. At a certain point, you just got to draw the line in the sand and say, I'm done. I'm, I'm filing this. This got <clears throat> sent off to the huddle report. It is it is a content or a, sorry, a contest mock. So we are trying to win this thing. So. With that in mind, as we're going through it, keep in mind, I did not predict any trades, even though I think a lot of trades will happen. I'm just trying to get the correct 32 guys in. 31. I'm trying to, sorry, 31 guys in this year. And then I'm trying to get as many team player fits as possible. And I'm just slotting them at their spot. So this won't necessarily be the order, but the way the, the contest works, you get it doesn't matter if, if, uh, if the Detroit Lions pick Devin Weatherspoon at 6 or 19. It doesn't matter if I, if I predicted the team player fit i still get three points for that so anyways that said just keep in mind if you if you see a guy like way out of place it's likely because i'm just predicting that somehow some way those that team player fit happens and they make a trade or whatever so without further ado let's go let's go five at a time chris i'll I'll, we'll announce five picks you can pick my brain on why i you know thought process there all right carolina panthers bryce young Houston Texans, Tyree Wilson, Arizona Cardinals, Will Anderson Jr., Indianapolis Colts, C.J. Stroud, Seattle Seahawks, Anthony Richardson. What's yeah, the so Cowboys the, here? I think we got to start because the main domino that everyone's waiting for to find out is what the Texans do it too. And you know, we've heard Will Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, Will Levis. You ultimately end up doing Tyree Wilson. How did you, you know, what what finally led you with that call? Yeah, so I mean, I do have 
<clears throat> decent sources with the Texans. I'm not a I'm not a source guy, but I have like five or six teams that I do actually have contacts at. Texans happen to be one of them. Um, that said, even people that have better sources than me are 50-50 on this pick. So this is more of a hunch. I was feeling really strongly about this yesterday. As of this morning, I've talked to some people. Not feeling very strong about this, Chris. <laughs> I think it is going to be Anderson now. Um, so not a QB, though, is really the important thing, I think, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I'm really feeling like the Texans are the one team in this whole thing that's not bluffing. I don't think they like a quarterback after Bryce. And there's no rush. We've talked about this, like... The second they add rookie QB to the mix, the, that clock starts to speed up. I think if they are going to take a guy, it might be like a Hendon Hooker type at 12 or even with a trade back from 12. Get three guys in? Yeah. Or first may, round. Maybe. They have pick 33 too, so it wouldn't take much to get back into right. the – Seattle is like a, a, a trade down candidate always, and they have that 20th overall pick. So I could see the Texans maybe you know, going th- – pick 33 in a second round next year to get the 20 Seattle would love to do a trade like that um, so if they are going to go quarterback I, I'd imagine it'd be throwing a dart at Hendon Hooker ultimately and I tease it later but I think there's a small chance Mac Jones ends up a Texan by the end of the weekend interesting um, and you, you'll see why that what, how that all plays out later in the mock but anyways I, I don't think they're bluffing I don't think they like the quarterbacks in this draft so they they're they're going to get a, a defensive stud and then you've got Will Anderson going to the Cardinals. That seems pretty logical, but probably means they're not trading back like we've heard them reported to want to do many, many times at this point. Yeah, so this was version 7.0. In the previous six versions of this mock, I had Paris Johnson Jr. at this pick with the idea that Cardinals find a trade partner. Maybe it's to seven. Maybe it's to six, even five. I don't know. They find a trade partner, and then they just take the guy they love who, and the guy Kyler wants. Ultimately... It just made slotting the rest of the mark very difficult to do that. So I ended up just going, hey, we're stuck. We're going to go best player on our board, which is Will Anderson Jr. Yeah, that makes sense. And then I don't think we need to really talk about the Colts. We know they're taking a QB. Is it Stroud? Yep. Is it Levis? And people are pretty up in the air. Of, we just know it's a QB. Um, and then, But the Seahawks taking Anthony Richardson is not something. I mean, Jalen Carter seems to be being mocked there over and over and over at this point. Yeah, so... I will say one thing about the Colts, actually. I did go Stroud in this mock because it seems like Ursay's involved. He likes traditional pocket passers more. I can't buy the Levis hype. I just can't do it. Everybody I talk to says, no, it's all smoke. He's going to fall. Everybody. So I was torn between Richards because Richardson seems to fit Steichen's success record better than Stroud, right, from the skill set standpoint, basically just what he did with Hurts. With Hurts, yeah. You know, does Steichen want to do that, though? Do we actually know that that's what he wants to do? Or would he prefer just having a developed passer, like, right away? I mean, he came from Herbert, and Herbert is not what Hurts is Correct. I mean, he's mobile, but he's more on the Stroud spectrum, for sure. In fact, a lot of people have compared Stroud. I think Thy Nordstrom, his comp for Stroud is Justin Herbert. So, anyways, long story short, that's why I went Stroud to the Colts instead of Richardson. I've heard – so I don't have any contacts at in Seattle, but I have friends that do, and they've all told me they absolutely love Richardson. I was torn here, though. I thought Carter could be an option. The, the thing that scared me with putting Carter here is 50% of the Seattle beat writers say there's no chance. They, they're off Carter. They won't do the character thing. It's just not happening. 
which uh, we've seen that. Um, yeah. I think it was Sauce Gardner last year to the Jets. The beat, pretty much every beat writer said, "No, it's not not going to be Gardner, not yeah. going to be Gardner." And some a couple national guys thought it would be, and it ultimately did. But yeah, yeah, I've, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a pick more a top pick split this much than the Seahawks and Carter, if yep. if they would consider him around. Because this isn't like the Texans pick where it's like, oh, it could be Wilson, it could be Anderson, it could be a QB. Yep. This is literally just. Will they even put this guy on our, on their board or not? And I've never seen it this this split. Yep. In all of my other versions of the mock, I had Richardson outside the top ten. Um, I do, like if you look at the track record of the NFL and these types of quarterbacks, it's not great. Like Josh Allen kind of went later than people thought. He was a third QB taken that draft. Lamar Jackson went pick thirty two of the same draft. Jalen Hurts went in the second round. It's Malik Willis fell to the third last year. Like the NFL doesn't value these guys as highly as I do. And I've, you know, learning from past mistakes. So I almost, I wanted to stick with him outside the top 10. But ultimately, when you think about what Richardson's going to need to succeed, it's that incubation period, right? Like Detroit's a great fit, obviously. They're not going to get a shot at him here, but Seattle's probably the next best thing. And I, I wrote that in the mock. Like they have a defined culture. That culture's, you know, 12 years in the making, like really good environment to come in. They've got great weapons. Their offensive line's pretty good. And they have a veteran coaching staff. So it and the just one, seems uh, like a good spot for him. The one QB we've possibly seen him compared to the most is Cam Newton, who went first overall. So I, it's not crazy for – I know it's been a while, but – The difference like super, between Cam and all the other guys we just talked about, though, is Cam single-handedly carried a team to the national championship on his back. Sure. Winning absolutely matters to a lot of uh, evaluators. And Richardson just, you know, Florida wasn't bad when he was there, but they just weren't good enough, I think. Right. But um, anything else in this top five? No, let's let's go next right. five. At pick six, I got the Lions taking Devin Witherspoon. Pick seven, the Raiders going Paris Johnson Jr., tackle Ohio State. The Falcons are going Bijan Robinson, running back Texas. I have the Bears going Lucas Van Ness, Edge, Iowa, and the Eagles going interior defensive line, Jalen Carter. Where do you right, want to uh, uh, Lions, Devin Witherspoon, literally everybody is mocking that at this point. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's a lock, but it, it certainly seems as close to a lock as we can get to this draft. Um, I'm, I'm sensing a trade here between potentially the Raiders and the Eagles at this point. I've not seen Paris Johnson really mock to the Raiders at this point. They're they're usually getting a corner, sometimes a D lineman if one of the big guys falls. What what do you think happens there? Yeah, I don't. Um, I I was struggled between Gonzalez here and Paris Johnson. It was tough, but yeah, I, I see a trade. I see the Eagles coming up for Jalen Carter. Um, whether that's to seven or to eight, but I, I think the I think there's enough smoke with the Bears wanting <clears throat> wanting Carter. It's been reported they told Carter that he you know if he's there at nine they'll take him. So I think the Eagles are going to come up um, either to seven or eight. But ideally, the Raiders aren't in the best spot. They need offensive line help. They need you know. everything. They, they do need everything, though. I, I could see them going edge rusher, too, especially if a guy like Tyree Wilson does fall. For whatever reason, I could see them going Tyree here. But And then the the Fal- so the so Falcons end up biting the Bijan bullet and yep. build a crazy running game? Yeah, crazy running game. Arthur Smith, obviously, 
you know, I wrote in the in the article that he he's a unicorn chaser. You know, he's already reached for for pits and I, mean, I shouldn't say reached, but he's you know spent a lot of draft capital on pits in London, and I think Bijan now is another unicorn he can chase. And if he can't make it work with those three guys, I mean, good luck, you, good luck in think, the future. What do you think Bijan's floor is? His floor. If you had to take, if you had to say, I don't see him going later than this pick. I'd say eighteen to the Lions. I'll say, I'll say nineteen to the Bucks. I, there's obviously a chance the Lions pass on him, but I think nineteen to the Bucks. All right, so eight to eighteen is is where Bijan likely goes. Yep. Uh, the Bears taking Lucas Van Ness is a little interesting in that you said that you think they'd be pretty interested in Carter. Is that a little bit of a you know we just take the next best D, D lineman on our board and and go from yeah. there? I think they like uh, three guys here: Nolan Smith, Lucas Van Ness, and Darnell Wright. Darnell Wright's got some off field concerns, which not concerns of mine nonetheless, but. The, the lead, I've heard from multiple league people that it's, it is a concern. So I think he's going to fall. He kind of skyrocketed the last few weeks in mock drafts. Um, he's my number 10 player on my board. So I've always kind of seen him as a top 10 guy. But anyways, you know, Van, Van Ness, I think, is a, seems like a Bears dude. I've, I've got it, you know, decently sourced that that's kind of what they'll go with there. So it's I don't this is a pick I don't love by any means, but I had to put Van Ness somewhere. So. Yep, that makes sense. And then what do you think the Eagles are giving up to get Carter? Is it just a second round pick? Yep, maybe not even that much. Maybe a third, third this wow. year, a fourth next year or something. That's not bad. At Depends all. how high they have to go. If they've just going to eight, leapfrog in one team, I don't think the Falcons will require a whole lot there. Yeah. This is what I think the Eagles want to do. I think worst case scenario is Carter. They have no shot at Carter. Wilson and Anderson are also gone and Maybe one of the best O linemen is there for them, but I, I, if Carter makes it past Seattle, I'd be shocked if they are not trying to move up at that point. Yeah, yeah, and they'll probably have some competition. I think other teams behind them, like the Titans, the Texans, even maybe, could come up. But if I think worst case for the Eagles, they end up with like a Peter Skaronsky or something, right? You know, which it's not the end of the world. No. All right, picks 11 through 15. Tennessee Titans, I have going Peter Skaronsky, tackle Northwestern. Houston Texans going wide receiver Ohio State, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. The Green Bay Packers, and this might be the biggest wrench in my whole mock, is Brian Branch, defensive back, Alabama. New England Patriots at 14 going Will Levis. And then 15, the New York Jets going cornerback, Christian Gonzalez. Yeah, so we got a lot going on in this this five pick range. This is a wild five picks here. So let's start with the first one. So Tennessee takes Skaronsky. There's been tons of talk of Tennessee trying to move up potentially to get a QB. You don't think that happens? Um, like I said in in previous editions of this mock, I definitely had that mocked. Or I had them good getting Richardson, whether that was via trade up or standing pat, but um. It just doesn't work out here. I don't think they're going to be on Levis. I don't know how you pivot from being into Stroud and then Richardson to then Levis. They're just all very different guys. So seems like more smoke and mirrors to me. Ultimately, though, the reason I put Skaronsky here is like, A, they have massive holes on the offensive line with Taylor Lawan departing. Their O-line wasn't good with him last year. So it's like they need an offensive tackle and I needed a spot to put Skaronsky because I got to a point where I, I wasn't sure where I was going to put him. So it's like 
I'm kind of just throwing a dart at the board with this pick. Full disclosure. Yeah, it feels 11 to 15 feels like his range to me. I, I think he goes somewhere in those picks. Uh, JSN to the Texans. It just feels like them adding, you know, adding a good player and building around a team to eventually drop a QB in either whether it's Hooker or or next year. Yep, exactly. Yeah, in this scenario, they're not going QB, so they're grabbing you know best defensive guy on their board and then best offensive guy on their board with the next pick. So, all right, and then yeah, let's let's talk about the Brian Branch thing. That's that's a big one. Yeah. So branch so i racked my brain trying to figure out well one of two things one did the packers feel like they needed to get ahead of the patriots for a player or was this just you know because i want to moment you know the draft day moment where hey give me david putney yeah get the special teamer just because why why david putney he's like because i feel like it or because i want to or something so like is that was that what this was, or did they actually feel like they needed to get in front of the Patriots? So in this in this situation, I just I racked my brain trying to figure out, okay, let's pretend like they did do it because they wanted to get in front of New England. Who would that player be? Who is the most New England guy in this draft class? It's Brian Branch. And the Green Bay Packers happen to have the biggest history, the most recent history of just drafting defensive backs in abundance. They've drafted 10 dbs in the first or second round since 2014 that's at they average more than one a year which is crazy three of those guys were safeties so they while safety's kind of been devalued by the league they've they has not stopped them from drafting safeties in the first round i think branch is a safety slot corner combo for them he's the type of player they'll love it seems like they don't want to move forward with darnell savage or at least they have to make a decision on that uh it just seems like a perfect match to me and it is going to surprise people but i feel really good about it yeah, I, I like the thought process a lot. We, I mean, a lot of people are putting JSN to the Packers at 13. That's why they leaped the Patriots because the Patriots also seem to need wide receivers. But it just it goes against everything they've done for the past like decade. Yep. They've never why, why once your star QB is gone, then do you say yeah we're let's get some skill players and for Jordan Love? I they could easily just say let's just continue to build our defense. That's that's how we'll win with a not as good quarterback. Yeah, same with the Patriots too. Like, they don't draft receivers in the first round either. Really, they, I know they took Nikhil Harry in recent memory, but before that, it was Terry Glenn. Yeah, it's been a while. So, like, n- not a big history there. Plus, to mix it in, like they weren't really connected to JSN. It's been Zay Flowers this whole process. So, if you think they're going to go receiver, I'm thinking it's going to be Zay. But, anyways, I have them going Will Levis in this mock. Um. It just sounds like that they want to really do want to move on from Mac Jones. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's uh, where do you think he goes then? Who, Mac? Yeah, I mean, they're not. I mean, is it a guarantee? Do they let him battle it out? Do they just say we're done and move on? They could They could let him battle it out. It seems like Bill O'Brien is, is trying to add some calm to the manner. Like, hey, like, like let's give this kid a shot. <clears throat> I know you've had you know, Devin McCourty openly lobbying for Mac Jones to get a a shot in New England, like basically saying, hey, his struggles have not been his fault. I think ultimately, like there's a certain mentality Bill wants in his players, especially his quarterback. And I think maybe Mac Jones cracked under the pressure of having to carry that team. Mm -hmm. And I think Bill saw something in him he didn't like. It probably has nothing to do with performance on the field, to be honest. It's probably more just vibe, a vibe thing. So anyways, yeah, I think they could let him battle it out ultimately though 
if they can get value for him, like a, in a trade to maybe Houston or something like that, I think they would take that opportunity. Yeah, it um, makes sense. The Houston thing, by the way, like Bobby Slowick, offensive coordinator, was in San Francisco when the 49ers were dra- deciding between Trey Lance and Mac Jones. There's a chance he's in the Mac Jones contingent of that, you know, that debate. Right. Maybe he thinks they can get the most out of him. So, yeah. Patriot, the, yeah, it's definitely possible. All right. And then you got Christian Gonzalez to the Jets, which is definitely different. I've almost always seen an offensive lineman mocked here. I don't think I've ever seen a corner. They draft Sauce Garner last year. They had, um, they had pretty good corner play last year, actually, yeah. overall. But, uh, yeah, you have them taking most people's second cornerback off the board here. Yep. Um, you know, he's just – it's just a case of, like, best player available. They probably don't expect Gonzalez to be there. And while offensive tackle would be great, you know, why why force a pick when you, can, you have a chance at a guy like Gonzalez? That scheme really thrives with good cornerback play. <clears throat> I know – Sala is a, a big time pass rush guru, but ultimately, like his best 49ers teams, 49ers defenses revolved or like they got they came alive once the cornerback got better. Um, they had a good D line the entire time he was there, and they had bad defenses sometimes with good D lines. So, really, that scheme really like relies on good cornerback play. I think Gonzalez and Sauce together just is freaking scary. Um, and I think, you know, it's potentially a steal at 15th overall. Yeah, that would give him a strong corner duo for the next decade, potentially. Yep, and then DJ Reed's a good uh, slot corner there. Yep. So, yeah. All right, we can – let's go to the next five. Yeah, 16 through 20, Washington Commanders, Deontay Banks, corner Maryland. Steelers are going Darnell Wright, tackle Tennessee. The the Detroit Lions are going Adetamua Adebaware from Northwestern. Tampa going Anton Harrison, tackle from Oklahoma. Seattle going Nolan Smith, edge from Georgia. Yeah, I don't think this is. these are too much too surprising. Uh, we've seen corners mock to the commanders a decent amount. Steelers offensive line, they need it bad. Darnell Wright seems like the right kind of guy for them too, even if he does have character. Like Mike Tomlin's going to get the most out of him. They've dealt with personalities in that locker room yeah. for, for years. Um, Lions pick is a little bit interesting. I don't know if we've seen really out of Aware. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we've seen out of Aware be drafted this high in many mock drafts. Yeah, thought process here. Um, one, Brad Holmes is notoriously aggressive in the draft. Either way, like he Trading will move up up for guys or he'll move back for guys. Like he 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 will move around the board. He also isn't scared of taking his guys. So kind of thinking maybe there is a team player fit here. If there is, it probably doesn't happen at 18, to be quite honest. I think this is a, a good trade back spot. We've heard in the last few hours specifically that teams are worried about wide receiver market drying up. I could see a team like the Chargers or somebody else coming up for a Jordan Addison or something or a Zay Flowers. Anyways, um, the lines met with Adebore a bunch. Uh, he's a traits guy. Brad Holmes has the history of dra- like pounding defensive line in the draft. He did it in Los Angeles. He's done it in Detroit so far. So ultimately, though, Adebore's measurements are so insane. His his testing numbers are so insane. 
I can't I couldn't find an example of a guy that freaky in a power five conference that didn't go in the first round. So this is a lot of just me wanting to get him in the first round. I had no idea where to slot him. The Lions are one of the most tight lipped organizations as far as what their plans are. No clue what they're going to do at 18. So might as well throw a dart here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, going real quick back to the commanders. I just thought of something. The So both Chase Young, they did not pick up his fifth year option. Montez Sweat is also going to be a free agent next year. Do you think edge rusher is a possibility for the commanders at 16? I mean, they, their yeah. defense can kind of need help anywhere if you're looking to the 2024 roster. Yeah, this it's definitely a possibility. All the reports are suggesting they're close to a, a long-term deal with Sweat. So I, I don't think he's move, going anywhere. Ch- the Chase Young thing is simply math. It's um, you know, your fifth-year option, $17.5 million. If you play well and play the whole year next year, they can franchise him for like $18.5 or $19 million. So yeah. it's like why, why guarantee all that money for injury when – we haven't seen him play a full season in two years. Right. He started yeah. 11 games this year. So I think this is a like, hey, it's on you now, Chase, to like perform and, and do your thing. And I don't think they'll have any problems re-signing him or franchise tagging him in the event that does happen. So, yeah, they've, yeah, they've filled that defensive line with early round picks. So if they suddenly have to continue to keep adding to it because they lose guys or miss on guys, that's not the best look for them. And they desperately need corner help. Uh, Bucks take Anton Harrison. That is, seems like it's being mocked a decent amount. The Bucks could really go anywhere, though. I mean, they they need help all over the place. Uh, the Seahawks getting Nolan Smith doesn't seem like a shocker from the Seahawks' point of view, but Nolan Smith slipping into the twenties is at least a little surprising. Yeah, this is purely like didn't feel great about any slots. If he makes it past the Bears at nine, which he could very well could go there, then. Uh, then I didn't know where to put him. So would Detroit consider him at 18? I don't know. He's he's a little light in the pants. They don't typically like edge rushers like that. They already have James Houston on the roster as well, who's kind of in that mold. So it's like it just didn't feel great. Seattle would, however, be in on Smith despite the the weight concerns. And um, he when I, when I watched his tape, <clears throat> two two teams stuck out to me, Ravens and Seattle, for landing spot. It just He feels like a Seahawk kind of guy. So – yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't see a lot of teams from 10 to 20 that I'm like, oh, that makes sense as a fit. So I yeah. would not be surprised if him making it out of the top 10 causes him to slip a little bit. Yep. All right. Picks 21 through 25, Los Angeles Chargers, Zay Flowers, Boston College. Pick 22, Ravens going Joey Porter Jr., corner from Penn State. Pick 23, Minnesota Vikings going Hendon Hooker, QB Tennessee. Pick 24, Jaguars going Broderick Jones, tackle Georgia. New York Giants are grabbing Miles Murphy, edge from Clemson. All right, Zay Flowers to the Chargers over Jordan Addison, where they're white. You know, he's, he's good friends with their wide receivers coach, but you end up going a different receiver. Yeah, so I, you know, you talked to me all through the day yesterday. I was pretty torn on this. I had Addison in that slot up until the la- the final moments, Chris. So um, I don't know. So Addison, you know, his the wide receiver coach there in L.A. was his guy. He recruited him to Maryland initially. Then he left for Maryland with the pit. Addison followed him there. And then 
when he went to U, uh, L.A. Chargers, Addison went to USC to be close to him is the word on the street. So, like, this dude is like a father figure to Addison. So it makes sense that they would take him. The thing that threw me off, threw me for a big-time loop, Chris, is they brought Addison in for a visit. Yeah, that should be... That should be a giveaway that they like him. Like, no, you bring in guys for visits that you kind of have questions on. That you're not sure about if anyone, if there's anyone in this draft class, they don't have questions on. It should be Addison because of his relationship with the receiver coach, because his tape is so good. you like, you know exactly what you're getting. So that was one thing. And then ultimately, I think Zay Flowers is probably just a better fit for what they need right now. Big playability, you know, decent downfield threat, better downfield threat than Addison probably. And then. You know, the, the, the run-after-catch stuff, the scheme throws. I think they need playmaking ability. Like, as good as Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are, they're just super vanilla. <laughs> like, you know, not a, lot of, not a lot of pizzazz to their game. So Yeah. The Chargers are a team that don't bring in a lot of guys for a visit in general. That seem yeah. to be a holdover from Staley's days with the Rams, who also don't really do it. So it is notable that they bring Addison in and none of the other major wide receivers. Yeah. Uh, Ravens taking Joey Porter seems pretty possible. The Ravens need corner help. A lot of people have mocked a corner to the Ravens. Uh, the Vikings taking Hendon Hooker. Is this, you think, something that's really could happen, or is this something you feel Hendon Hooker is going to go somewhere and i got to fit him in? I've been flirting with this idea for a while, obviously. I was the first guy to mock Hendon in the first round. I've mocked him to the Vikings multiple times. So, yeah, I do think this could happen. But... I don't have a source on that. This is ultimately just me wanting I, – I feel like Hendon's going to be a first-round guy. I wanted to get him in. And since the there is some you know pathway to the Vikings taking him, I just figured this would be a good slot for him. If he, the Vikings don't take him, is there other spots you could see him going? I could see <clears throat> maybe the Texans coming up from 33 back into the first round. We talked about Seahawks like to trade back. They trade back in most years. You know, maybe maybe the Texans come from thirty three to twenty to take Hooker. Um, there might be some other teams willing to oblige. Like, is Buffalo really going to get the same? Like, they can probably get the same player at twenty seven. They'll get at thirty three. Yeah, it does feel like. Yeah, if he makes it past twenty three, it does feel like it's going to have to be a trade up, though. I don't think yeah. Jaguars, Giants, Cowboys, the rest of the, maybe the Saints. That's the only one. Other yeah. than that, though, it does feel like it's going to have to be some team trading back up into the first round. For sure. The, the other thing with Hendon, and the reason I'm stressing, I think he'll be a f- uh, a first round pick. Well, one, the tape is really good. I know the gimmicky offense knocks, whatever. I don't, I don't care. We've we've dissected that on this podcast. But two, because the ACL and the age, you want to get that fifth year option. Like I do think it's not, it's a little overrated sometimes. But in the case of Hooker, it's very not un- overrated. It's underrated. They, you need that fifth year option on him if you're going to take him. So. Yeah, they can. So you get five years out of them with the fifth year option, and then a franchise tag on top of that if you yeah. needed it. So in, yeah. in like theory, if you want to talk like real, real evil plans, he's twenty five years old. You could go the full five years, then double franchise tag. That takes him to thirty two years old. You got seven years out of him. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, obviously you don't want that to happen to the poor, poor kid. But <laughs> that's <laughs> but like yeah, that is... as a team, you got to think about that stuff. You know. Yep. No, yeah, I think you definitely want to take him in the first round if you if a team likes him. 
Uh, Broderick Jones to the Jaguars. This is makes a lot of sense to me. That Cam Robinson, their left tackle, actually this morning is getting hit with a suspension for performance handling drugs. They've been mocked. Made me feel really good when I woke up and saw that. I was yes. Like, oh, yes. They've been mocked offensive line help in general. Usually it's like a guard like Osiris Torrance. So them adding offensive line here. You want Trevor Lawrence to keep getting better, keep yep. building around your your star rookie young QB and and see where it goes from there. Um, Miles Murphy to the Giants not something I've seen super often I do feel pretty good about Miles Murphy going in the first round though I think edge rushers will always have a premium and I think it makes sense to find a spot for him somewhere in this and the Giants defense was bad last year yeah and I know Bob McGinn reported the Clemson guys are falling a little bit but the traits with Murphy are just too good to pass on he's not like Clemson rushers in the past like Shaq Lawson was gifted, but he wasn't near Miles Murphy level gifted. Like Murphy is a bona fide. He's a freak athlete, like absolute stud, 275 pounds. Like he's a monster. So I I think at some point a team's going to have to pull the trigger on him in the first. Yeah. All the, and all the major corners are off the board outside of Emmanuel Forbes. Um, but who it seems like he, everyone seems pretty confident he's going to go in the first round, but I don't know. Maybe the Giants don't like his size or something like that. So they go edge rusher here. Yep. Uh, should we do the final six? Yep. All right. Final six picks. Dallas Cowboys going Michael Mayer, tight end Notre Dame. Buffalo Bills going edge Iowa State. Will McDonald. Cincinnati Bengals going Kalijah Cansey, interior defensive line. New Orleans Saints grabbing Jameer Gibbs, running back Alabama. Philadelphia Eagles grabbing Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback, Mississippi State. And Kansas City Chiefs going wide receiver from USC, Jordan Addison. So this, obviously at this point in the draft, it gets very difficult to predict landing spots for players. And many of these feel as, yeah, they they feel like they're going to go in the first round, but not entirely sure where. The mayor to the Cowboys one seems like a lock. The mayor is not going to go later than twenty six. He is the yeah. first tight end off the board, though, which I think is notable. And and your only tight end off the board, for that matter, yeah. in the first round. Yeah, this just feels like a an easy layup pick. Like, if I, if I were to guess on any pick I'd get right in the, like, back 10, it'd be the mayor to, to the Cowboys for sure. But no, you don't think any other tight ends go off the board in the first round? Well, we can talk about that in a second, but yeah. All right, all right. We'll, we'll get to that at the end. Uh, McDonald to the Bills. Uh, they they could continue to add defense help. They don't have an awesome pass rush, so McDonald makes sense there. Cansey to the Bengals is a little interesting. Cansey uh, really seen him go anywhere as high as in the early teens to to all the way back here. What do you think about him landing in the Bengal with the Bengals? Yeah, so for him to be a first round pick. And we'll get into guys I feel a little shaky on in a minute. But for him to be a first-round pick, it's going to take a team that doesn't care about physical traits. They're not like – like Trent Baalke would probably not draft Kalijah Kansi because he's such a traits guy. He's such yeah. a length, height, weight guy. There's like there's just no way I see that happening. So it's going to take a team like Detroit who's proven they don't really care – like D-line measurables. It's more about functionality than traits. Cincinnati is another team that has never cared about traits. Um, I mean, they played Jonah Williams at offensive tackle for four or five years, despite the fact that he had 32 inch arms. Um, they're just a team that's probably willing to do it. So I, I, 
the scary part is if he, he doesn't go to one of those spots, it's like, where does he? Maybe Dallas is a candidate for him because um, they they usually will sacrifice some of their benchmarks for talented players. Like Micah Parsons is a good example. Um, Kalijah, though, yeah, I don't. I think he's a great fit, though, and I think the Bengals will absolutely like him. They need interior pass rush help, and he will give them that for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Gibbs landing on Alvin Kamara's team, the team that he, the player he is commonly comp to, even if it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. But is that something you see the Saints really could do, or do you just think Gibbs is a lock to get into the first round at this point? Yes. For the record, I do hate the Kamara comp. They don't really play the game similarly. They they affect the game in similar ways, but they do it. They the way they win is totally different. So I don't I don't like that comp. But that said, yeah, this is entirely like, do I want to put Jameer Gibbs in the first round? Not really. He's the twenty seventh player on my board, though. And then you combine that with the fact that literally every prominent person now in the space. Peter Schrager, Lance Sirline, Daniel Jeremiah, they're all saying Gibbs is going to be a first round. Yeah, they're pretty adamant about it too. And I have no idea where to slot him. So it's like, okay, cool. Saints have won with a guy that does similar things in Kamara. So let's, and he's obviously in limbo. Let's just, you know, make the match there. Yep. Eagles getting a corner. I don't think that would surprise anybody. Um, Forbes is definitely different than the corners they currently have on their roster. And, Although they, they have not been shy about drafting smaller corners in the past. Avante Maddox is not a big guy by any means. Um, I Yeah, I could see this happening. And then the Chiefs getting Jordan Addison, some people's favorite wide receiver of this class, all the way at 31. Mahomes just gets richer. Yeah, backing up to Forbes real quick. You know, from a, like a size weight standpoint, he is different than Bradbury and Slay. From a play style standpoint, though, he is Darius Slay to me. Like that is actually my my working comp for him is Slay. Like he's a ball hawk. Yeah, his his movement skills are so fluid and so smooth. He 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 really has a easy time matching route concepts from you know zone coverage. He can play with his butt to the sideline. Very very good player in that regard. Addison to the Chiefs. This if this did happen, this would be my favorite pick of the round. Um, you know, Addison's fifteen on my board. I think I think. That actually might be wrong. It says 15, but I don't think it is 15. But he's up there. Um, top 20 guy for sure. The detailed – like, so you remember the playoff game when all of Mahomes' receivers got hurt last year? Yes. Yeah, like, and they were – Marcus Kemp was running routes, yeah. Yeah, and he just – they weren't really throwing it at that point. They were like <laughs> – everything was like gimmicky and run heavy. Well, like – Mahomes, even though he likes the out of structure stuff, he he cannot stand when guys don't run detailed routes when they're out of time, when they're out of sync. That's why Sky Moore couldn't get on the field last year. Mm-hmm. Not a detailed guy. Jordan Addison is a complete opposite. He's the most detail oriented route runner in this class. Technically proficient, he will be exactly where he's supposed to be on every single play. And Mahomes is going to eat with Jordan Addison if they get paired up together, and, and he, vice versa. He, He's he easily, easy, no matter what. Addison will be eating if he's paired with Mahomes. <laughs> he's easily the best wide receiver on the roster the second this pick is made. I mean, 100%. Like, that's what I literally wrote wide receiver one, like, steps in as wide receiver one. So, yeah, and it's not even, it's not even close. I mean, if they're, if they're not getting targets to Addison, they get targets to Richie James, or if Skymore doesn't take a step forward, or Justin Watson, Tony. or Tony, yeah, whoever. 
Yeah. Yeah. He he immediately becomes the best wide receiver on their team. Yes. Right. But that that's the mock, Chris. That's that is it. That's that's what we're going with for Thursday night. So then guys that you left out, I mentioned the tight on tight ends already, Brian yep. Brisset, uh anyone you feel iffy about leaving out in particular. Yeah, four guys stand out to me. Um Dalton Kincaid, first and foremost. Like in my heart of hearts, I feel like he's a first round player. I something's gotta give in this draft though, right? So I got Dalton Kincaid, Osiris Torrance, Brian Brisset, and Mozzie Smith. I like all those guys to go in the first. But something's gotta give. Like, if you're gonna put a Dalton Kincaid in, who are we kicking out? Because everyone says Gibbs is a first rounder, everyone says Forbes is a first rounder. So I kind of gave into public peer pressure a little bit here. Because I think Kincaid is, I mean, he is number 15 on my board, actually, now that I'm looking at it. um, He's a top 15 player for me, and I don't have him in the first round. So I don't love that at all. Like, I, I would much rather have Kincaid in this mock. DJ put him at what, pick 13 to the Packers? Like That sounds right, yeah. Yeah, so the range of outcomes for him is crazy. A lot of people don't have him. A lot of people do. People have him as high as 13. So I don't feel good about that. Torrance. You know, we see interior guys fall a lot. And the fact that there's so many tackles in this class who can also play on the interior, (laughs) you know, like Darnell Wright can play right guard. Paris Johnson can play right guard. uh, Peter Skaronsky can play guard. So it's like, I think the, that run on tackles, those five, you know, what I have six tackles going in the first round or five, uh, five, right. This Harrison, Harrison makes it six, right. Harrison makes it six. So, yeah, I mean, that that's a thing, too. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if the Chiefs took Dewan Jones or something. Yeah, kind of, they definitely could. But point being is, like, Torrance, I could see actually falling out of the second or out of the first round, even though I think there's a chance he goes in the first round. And then the two other guys, Brisset and Mozzie, they play the same position. Maybe Cansey doesn't go in the first round and you get a, a Brisset in there or a... Or a Amazi, maybe Jameer Gibbs doesn't go in the first round, and you because the Saints need to tackle badly. So maybe maybe uh, Gibbs doesn't go in the first round, or at least at that pick, and then you get Amazi or a Brise in that spot. Um, you also other, have no uh, Quentin Johnson, despite only one tight end. You have three wide receivers. I think that's pretty I have interesting. Four, four wide receivers, right? No, I do have three. Three, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the tough part. Well, and Hendon Hooker changes math a little bit too, right? So you're yeah. not. We don't normally have five QBs going in the first round. If Hooker doesn't go in the first round, that opens a door for a guy like QJ. The interesting thing too, Chris, is I think there's a chance the Lions take QJ at 18. Yep, I seem to be one of the the only first round teams that have spent a lot of time on him. They obviously have a need at X receiver before the Jamison Williams news. Now Jamison Williams is going to miss six games. It's like I could see them, you know ramping the need up a little bit now they they don't see strike me as a team who's going to draft for need really they usually just draft best player available so and i do think the strength of this receiver class is in that day two range so maybe they get like an at parry there but needless to say there are some landing spots potentially for quinton johnston i just i didn't see it happening in this mock yeah he's he's the toughest guy for me because my brain is saying all these teams don't aren't going to want all these slot receivers the slot they're they're available in the second round and some team is going to say we want the big X receiver, but he does feel like the guy that is going to slip out of the receivers. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's like I look at a guy like Zay Flowers. 
I like Zay Flowers. I don't have a first round grade on him, but he's close. But like, would you like honestly? Would you rather have Zay Flowers at pick twenty one, or Tank Dell on you know round three, or Marvin Mims like end of round two? Oh, Mims, not even, yeah. yeah, it's not. Even I'd close. go Mims or Dell. To be honest, right. like yeah, it, I'd much rather have that scenario now. Obviously, you can't predict 100% where those guys will go, but that seems to be about the range they're going to go, and you know they need to be doing their their spy work the best they can. But, man, like I'd rather get aggressive with something like that if, if, if you really want that inside-out slot player who just brings speed and quickness to your offense. It just doesn't, seem, doesn't make sense to grab him at 21 in this draft. Yeah. So then speaking of guys that were – you're not totally sold on being round one picks, who are some of the guys that you – think could be the swaps for some of the guys that we left out yeah um let's see edibaware for sure yeah like i said that i haven't seen anyone else really doing that maybe he's met with a lot of top 10 teams that teams that have yeah. top 10 picks I, I think there is some smoke there to to him being a first round pick yeah the thing that worries me about that is most of those top 10 pick top 10 teams also have top 10 picks in the second round which could could be the range there for and why and a lot of them have picks. late first round picks though uh, too with Seahawks Lions yeah. and Eagles. Is it only Seahawks? And te- well, yeah, Texans. Te- well, Texans are, as well. Yeah, though, but yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's a good point too. So, um, I think he's a guy. I, I don't feel confident at all. He's going to go in the first round. I don't feel confident that Gib like is even though everyone's saying Gibbs will be a first rounder. I'm not confident. In that <laughs> it's at still all. running back. Yes. Yeah, it's still running back. Like, and we saw what the free agent running back market was this this offseason. Right. None of them got real deals. I, David Montgomery probably did best, right? And yeah. and it wasn't even anything special. So, Montgomery and Sanders basically got the same deal, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. They're yeah. probably some very similar. So yeah, the, so NFL teams don't value running backs in free agency, but now they're willing to take two in the first round. Yeah. It's definitely definitely questionable. Chris, two weeks ago, no one knew where to slot Bijan. The yeah. range, like if you looked at mock drafts, like he was going anywhere from thirty to Philadelphia to ten to Philadelphia. I know, yeah. And then all of a sudden now we're we're forcing two guys in. I, like, I'm kicking myself a little bit. I think I maybe should have just booted Gibbs. Um, and then Forbes would be the last one. You know, I again, everyone's saying he's a first rounder, but he's a hundred and sixty five ish pounds corner. Come on, yeah. Like, I think the ball hawking ability gets a little bit overhyped, in, especially around draft prospects. Like, there's definitely a skill to that, but I don't know that it's such a skill that it just, oh yeah, it's going to carry over year to. I've seen we've seen a number of corners not only just play play bad, but have a ton of interceptions one year, and not Trayvon Diggs was everyone thought he was going to be you know ha- average like seven picks a year. And then he came so, back this year, and that didn't stick out stick at all, really. He still had a ton of production on the ball, though. Yeah, that's what yeah. that's what I look for. I don't look for interceptions. Interceptions are usually luck based. Yeah, I look for ball production. Though. How many pa- how many times are you separating the receiver from the ball? Whether that's via pick or pass deflection or you know driving and, and blowing up the receiver before he's got a chance to catch it and knocking that ball loose. Like I, you know that that's more what I look for. And Forbes definitely has that skill. But to your point, Chris, like quarterbacks in college football suck i don't know if anyone's aware of that you know like we can't get 32 good ones in the nfl yeah exactly we can't even get 20 good ones in the nfl so like the the drop off from quarterback so even from the nfl to college is insane people don't realize this 
it's it's a lot easier to be a ball hawk in college when quarterbacks are routinely throwing lollipops or routinely just not seeing you there in coverage and just throwing the ball your way like it is a lot easier to be a ball hawk at the college level i will say that so um anyways that's my thoughts on forbes all right and then last question what's give me your over under for trades in the first round what is the official line is what four and a half or five and a half um i don't know if it's not looked this morning I don't remember. I feel like four, four round one trades. I think maybe it will be quieter than people think. How many in the top 10? I'll say one or two. Really? That would be a lot. It's pretty rare for top 10 trades. Is it? Okay, then I'll say one. The, the Carter trade. The Carter trade. I like that. Yeah, I, four and a half feels right to me. I don't have a strong lean to the over or the under there. I think that's the right number. Four and a half, you said? Yeah. So I'm going under. Isn't that the thing what you is, said? We've, we've talked about at nauseum for about how there's just not blue chip talent in this draft. So who are people trading up for is what I want to know. Yeah. Yeah, I could see the one, like a Carter trade. I could see a hooker trade. Yeah, Carter trade, a hooker trade, maybe another one quarterback. Or, yeah, one or two other teams moving, you know, yeah. maneuvering a little bit. But yeah, that's about it. Yeah, and when these do, trades do happen, I'm going to be really curious to see the terms of the trades because I, like, I can't. I'm not going to handle teams moving up, giving up a lot of capital for like position players in this draft. It's just not going to sit well with me. But hey, that gives me good good content, so I can write about it. And you and I have developed our our draft pick value calculator, which is going to be pretty cool. So um, yeah, live live, you'll be giving live takes on your on the live stream of what yep. what our what our model says if if teams did good based off of your it's all based off of your big board so yep if, if players reach on a guy it's going to mean because you had them lower in your big board than where they ended up going and vice versa yes sir all right let's get out of here chris um enjoy the draft tonight everyone we will be doing our fantasy points live stream It'll be mostly Scott and I for five straight hours with producer Thomas, and we'll have a rotating list of guests. Chris is coming on. He is doing the 9.30 to 10.30 slot, or did we veto that? No, that's, that's the last you told me, so that's what I'm planning yeah. on being there. 9.30 to 10.30 slot. Come see Chris. Say what up. And you start at 7.30, right, a little bit before the draft. We're going to start at 7.30. Tom Brawley will be the first guest to kind of do our last-minute look at the books and see if there's any, you know – plus ev bets to be made there um and then he'll take us all the way up hopefully till around the eagles pick and then i'm, I'm getting joe dolan on specifically for that yes, pick I have and to do that although it look, looking more and more like it won't be Bijan, which is unfortunate because i really wanted to see joe jump off his roof in real time <laughs> anyways guys thank you for listening make sure you join check out the fantasy points draft stream tonight on our youtube we're going to be posting links all day bookmark that see you there participate in the chat thanks for tuning in to this edition of the fantasy points podcast remember to subscribe rate and review on your favorite platform and come join the roster at fantasypoints.com